welcome to RCA Radio, a podcast covering the latest news and challenges in regulatory compliance and quality assurance facing the pharmaceutical, medical device, and biologics industries. I'm your host, Erica Porcelli. In this episode, we're covering data integrity and the focus of global regulatory agencies. Today, I'm joined by Sue Schneep. Sue is RCA's Distinguished Fellow and has published articles, given presentations, and taught training courses on this topic at a number of different conferences. Sue, welcome. Oh, thank you, Erica. It's a pleasure to speak with you today. Well, I'm really happy that you could join us. I was hoping that we might be able to start out with you providing a brief history of data integrity and how it's evolved over the course of time. Well, data integrity has been uh, of concern to the global regulatory authorities for quite a while. And this goes back to the Barr decision in the United States where there was um, a uh, company, Barr Laboratories, which was actually testing into compliance when they were getting out of spec results. And so based on some of the background and history of the generic drug scandal, um, other activities uh, that were going on in the industry at the time, the FDA came up with Uh, rules and regulations uh, on how to handle data integrity. Now, there are specific data uh, requirements for to control data integrity, and those go under the acronym ALCOA, A-L-C-O-A. And ALCOA actually stands for Attributable, Legible, Contemporaneous, Original, and Accurate. And you can find the references to these specific attributes in, of course, 21 CFR 211, part 211. So for attributable, what we mean is all data generated or collected must be attributable to the person who generated the data. For legible, it means that your data has to be readable and permanent. And that's important because uh, you can't use pencils to record data, et cetera. Contemporaneous, the results are recorded at the time the work's performed. And original is that it's the original source or document. It's not been transcribed, but it's the original document that the data was recorded on. And accurate, of course, is rather self-explanatory. So um, these guidelines were put into place, as I said, with the Barr decision. Uh, And then um, as the industry grew and we had more uh, availability to um, electronic systems and people were migrating over to electronic data collection systems, there seemed to be a need to revisit, right? So recently there has been a resurgence of data integrity problems in in the industry as evidenced by the number of citations. Uh, that have been, and you can look that up on the FDA website, of course. So based on this, the FDA, the MHRA in in, uh, England, the World Health Organization and the Pharmaceutical Inspectorate Consortium or or group, PICS, we call it PICS, have all released documents to re-educate the industry on data integrity concepts. So MHRA came out with their new document in 2015. Uh, and then they followed it up. That was uh, definitions and guidance for industry. And then in 2016, they came out with a draft version. Uh, FDA came out with a new compliance with CGMP guidance for industry 
on data integrity, and that was in April of 2016. The World Health Organization came out with Annex 5, um, and it was good a guidance on good data and record, record, record management practices, and that was in June 2016. And PICS, of course, came out in 2016 with their guideline on data integrity. In addition to that, the Parenteral Drug Association released a free document um, in 2015 titled Elements of a Code of Data Conduct for Data Integrity. So the focus is really um, revisiting data integrity based on, of course, the historical perspective, but more on what's currently happening in the industry. Um, and that's why we're seeing a resurgence of guidelines coming out because controlling your data through the product life cycle has, as I said, always been of concern to the global regulatory authorities. Yeah, I know we hear a lot of things, you know, here in the U.S. on what the FDA is doing and, you know, some of the issues, you know, we're finding out about. And I think it's very interesting that, you know, this is a global concern. Are you seeing any prevalent differences between the approach that the FDA takes versus that of the other global regulatory agencies? Um, what I think I would focus on here, of course, there's going to be minor differences. Um, all of these organizations belong to PICS, um, so there is a unified thinking across the globe that data integrity of, is of concern. I think what I'd focus on more is the similarities in the documents. Now, with the exception of the FDA, the MHRA, the World Health Organization, and PICS have all put in an element of quality culture into their data integrity guidelines, which is very interesting because we haven't heard of this concept of quality culture. So in the PICS document, actually, which is good practices for data management and integrity in regulated GMP, GDP environments, so they say in their, in section 6.3, they actually have it titled quality culture. And they talk about it in terms of management should aim to create a work environment, i.e. quality culture, that is transparent and open. One in which personnel are encouraged to freely communicate failures and mistakes. Organizational reporting structure should permit the information flow between personnel at all levels. We also have the MHRA GXP data integrity guidance and definitions, and they actually have come up with um, principles of data integrity, and they talk about an organization needs to take responsibility for the systems used and the data they generate. And then they go on to say the organizational culture should ensure data is complete, consistent, and accurate in all its forms, i.e. paper and electronic. So then you can, you can see that they're bringing in the, the concept of electronic data. They further go on to say the impact of organizational culture, the behavior driven by performance indicators, objectives, and senior management behavior on the success of data governance measures should not be underestimated. The data governance policy or equivalent should be endorsed at the highest levels of the organization. So you can see how they're pushing it 
upward in management. It's no longer data integrity is just no longer the concern of the quality unit, of quality control, but it's the concern of the entire organization, including the highest levels of management. And then we have, we go back to the World Health Organization, or, well, we go to the World Health Organization. Their guidance is guidance on good data and record management practices. And in their introduction, section 1.4, they talk about the adoption of a quality culture within the company that encourages personnel to be transparent about failures so that management has an accurate understanding of risks and can then provide the necessary resources to achieve expectations and meet data quality standards. Then they go on in this document to actually define a quality culture is management with the support of the quality unit. Notice that they've pulled out management being supported by the quality unit. So they're not talking about the quality management. They're talking about all management across all organizational levels and all organizational functions being supported by quality. They should establish and maintain a working environment that minimizes the risk of non-compliant records and erroneous records and data. An essential element of the quality culture is the transparent and open, open reporting of deviations, errors, omissions, and aberrant results at all levels of the organization, irrespective of hierarchy. I think those are um, so prevalent, um, that concept of quality culture. Now, the FDA hasn't actually tackled this in their guideline, but I know that they're very concerned about it, and they have been active participants with both um, ISPE, ISPE, and PDA in working on documents that try to measure quality culture. Do you anticipate at some point that quality culture will become uh, embedded in the FDA's current guidance, or do you think it will always just be a, an additional consideration based on what you know, you know is going on right now in the industry? Um, I think that it, 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 that's a, a very good question. Um, I'm not sure if we'll see it in terms of guidelines. We may see it in terms of inspectional practice. Uh, and I think there's some effort. Um, so I can tell you, for instance, that the PDA has come up with the Parenteral Drug Association, came up with a model, a tool that measures, um, attempts to measure quality culture at an organization. Now, how this is done is by tying behaviors of an organization to attributes of certain quality aspects. And um, what I can tell in this tool um, walks you through, it, it's kind of like a self-audit tool in a way, but you're measuring um, behaviors linking to attributes. And so if we go toward some of the behaviors, like if we look at... Um, understanding quality goals, one of the attributes would be uh, impact on product quality. And so a behavior uh, would be how your uh, employees uh, understand that and can articulate that thought. So this has come out, um, and it, I believe it's in final form now, 
and has already been through the pilot. What I can tell you is that over 100 regulators from the MHRA and the US FDA have been trained on the quality, quality culture assessment tool that was issued by PDA. Some of the comments, um, and I won't tell you if they're from FDA or MHRA, uh, uh, we can apply the quality culture attributes to improve how we assess firms in non-compliance context. Uh, these are direct quotes from uh, the regulators who have taken the class. As industry becomes aware and comfortable with this tool, it can be a powerful tool for evaluating contract manufacturing organizations and business partners. Um, I will consider quality culture when reviewing data from in industry. Uh, this course does, does help identify quality culture issues in a company. This may help us to evaluate the quality of a pharmaceutical company. So I think you're going to see um, potentially uh, more questions or requests for documentation that show uh, that your management is um, engaged in this whole quality culture and data integrity issue. Now, one of the easiest places to kind of get at this in your company to address it now before it comes up in an inspection, of course, is with your quality management review and or the management review, which is typically put together by quality. But in the management review, um, and that is clearly defined in regulations and guidelines, you, you know, you're going to talk about personnel needs. You're going to talk about uh, downtime on lines, uh, scrap rates, yield rates, uh, any significant investigations that are going on in, the, um, in your facility. So I think there's an actual easy way to kind of start creating this roadmap of quality culture and that you have it in your organization. Uh, there's always issue elevation procedures where you uh, have a specific procedure that you need to issue uh, bring to forward to management uh, issues that need to be elevated that are not being solved at a certain level in the organization and pulling that forward. All of those current elements should be in existence at a company and they will go, those documents, if you piece them together, will certainly go towards um, proving that you have a quality culture. Another area where you could certainly begin to explore um, your quality culture if asked is in, in your audit schedules, you know, are you auditing your contract manufacturers? What's your relationship there? How do you feed them information um, and work on the resolutions to your audit observations? Certainly now um, your internal audits are not um, typically uh, regulators don't ask for them. They just want to know that you did an audit schedule and you held to the audit and performed your internal audits. Um, but you can use the information that you gather in your internal audit and how you respond and fix it as, again, a way to show that you are taking this quality culture seriously, that you are uh, trying to improve, and that you are working on the information that you've uncovered or revealed through these audits. That's very interesting. I know that you're involved in a lot of committees and, and have a lot of discussions around data integrity and quality culture, both nationally and internationally. 
Are you finding that there are common themes from country to country with regard to the global agencies or is it really driven uh, from a regional perspective? For instance, does India experience different issues and findings than say Europe or the US? Or can you not, or, you know, can you not even get that granular with it? Again, a, an excellent question. I would not get that granular with it. I would say that the um, data integrity issues being experienced are global, and they range from you know purposeful um, malfeasance uh, data integrity issues where people have um, knowingly and willingly uh, provided false documentation. And then there's the benign neglect or the benign data integrity where they didn't know, you know, it's the document correction. Um, when do you correct a document? How do you correct a document? Some of the um, traditional ways of data integrity, you know, the one line initial date, uh, put the reason for the correction. Um, some of that ability or knowledge has been lost. And some of that is because the people who were uh, experienced at the time when all of this broke originally in the 80s, right, have moved on, retired, um, and we've gone to electronic systems. There's a lot of um, pushes on this that have actually uh, created um, the uh, data integrity the way it is now, right? So what are some of those uh, pushes, right? What are the industry changes that have, ha that have happened? So we had the emergence of the generic industry, certainly since the 1980s. We've seen biosimilars coming uh, into play. Uh, virtual companies are big, where they actually don't have a manufacturing facility um, and they're contracting everything out. Along with virtual companies, we have the rise of the contract manufacturing organization. Um, we've had compounding pharmacies now and 503B outsourcing facilities enter into the game. A lot of institutional knowledge have been, has been lost through mergers and acquisitions. And I think the biggest push on this is the emergence of information technology in those electronic systems. All of those pushes have created a new landscape for data integrity uh, issues. So it's kind of hard to equate it back to the history just to say that the whole industry is struggling as these pushes have come forward. And it's global because um, all of these conditions, the generic industry, biosimilars, virtual companies, CMOs, you know, they're all, um, they're global in nature. Yeah, I, th I think that's a really good point. And, and I, if you can, I'd like to get your thoughts too on, you know, leadership within manufacturers. Um, you know, do they, do, in your opinion, do you think they kind of, I know everybody talks about data integrity. It's a big topic. We talk about quality culture, but starting at the very highest level within organizations, do you think they really understand data integrity what that looks like because like you said it could be correcting a document it could be you know blatant um changing of information etc and then subsequent to that how quality culture plays into it as well um i think that the senior management or the upper level management at companies is 
they're becoming more and more aware as the landscape has changed. Um, and there have been, like I said, I, ISPE and PDA have been actively involved in the quality culture issue. Now, this really kind of started this whole push on quality um, issues, equality culture really started when the FDA came out with their original metrics. And the metrics, this it's gets to it's a very complicated issue in terms of um the metrics document uh where they were asking it was kind of a surveillance um companies were to submit certain quality metrics to the agency before inspection now the idea of the metrics was to actually get a handle on companies that might ex be experiencing um problems in the manufacturing arena um, and to be able to ward off what we call uh, drug shortages. Now, the drug shortages, um, so we were, uh, the, the whole purpose of the metrics were trying to um, prevent drug shortages from happening. And in, in other words, to be able to read the tea leaves and say, oh, look, um, their investigations are taking too long that might be a signal that they're having some manufacturing issues. Then it ties into with this concept of aging facilities where we're running, you know, all the lines being run are not necessarily modern today. So what came out of that, though, was the concept that you can have all the metrics in the world, but if you don't have the right culture behind it, um, they're meaningless. So that's when we started to weave in this concept of quality culture and that was back in oh 2013 2014 2015 where this conversation so it's only been four years where we've really the industry has really been pressing on the concept of a quality culture i think the more that we press and ex expose it and talk about what it means and educate the industry i think you'll see more and more uh, senior level management people adapting this type of approach and, and understanding um, the links between the behaviors and the attributes and how important quality culture and that transparent environment is in making sure that your data um, does have integrity throughout the product life cycle. Absolutely. I, you know, when you think about it, it does make sense that quality culture would play us have a significant contribution into the data integrity. So, um, yeah, I appreciate that insight. So do you think, you know, obviously this is a, a global, um, this has global site to it. And I know there's a lot of efforts within the industry worldwide to do harmonization across a number of different activities. Do you anticipate that at some point in the future, the agencies will be able to share this data with one another? And I, I know it's kind of a, a far reach out there, but you know, as we kind of start to look at some of the programs like you know, the medical device single audit program and, and things like that, it, it would seem as though there might be an effort to perhaps have some data sharing take place in the future. Absolutely, and I do believe that um, they're beginning this process. There are, of course, mutual recognitions or uh, mutual understandings between um, different regulatory authorities, including the FDA. PICS is a big part of that, the pharma 
pharmaceutical inspectorate scheme, um, cooperative, and a lot of regulatory authority organizations belong to that. And I think that's where we're going to see this kind of unification um, and exchange of data and, and concepts on uh, data integrity. I think it's coming. Um, and I think that uh, the whole entire industry global wants to learn um, we do have to understand too that um, because of the global industry, you know, there's cultural differences between India, China, um, Europe, uh, America, South America, and and so this is going to take some time to get all of the regions of the world on the same level um, because of of cultural uh, issues, but. Um, I think it will happen. I think it has to happen. I think all of the regions in the world have to be um, unified in how they deal with data integrity, what it means, and um, how they're going to move the drugs across the border and have assurance that they're of good quality regardless of where they come from. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I know we're kind of bumping up on our time here, and I just wanted to see if there's anything else you feel is relevant or important to share with our listeners today. Um, I think what I would leave you with is that um, quality culture, uh, I know we're talking about data integrity, but I would say that quality culture, a recognition in your organization, um, bringing that concept forward that your data is only as good as the culture of your company is really an important concept that you need to be able to identify and bring forward issues um, to your management in a free and open environment and understand that it will be taken seriously. I think one of the important elements of that is to really come up with a good, solid quality risk management plan where you're going to really look at your organization and determine where your risks are that compromise product quality and come up with an action plan of how to remediate it or if it happens you know what what are your the steps to take at the time that you're going to remediate it and what i mean by this is let's say you are making a product and you have a sole supplier of an excipient well, if something happens to that sole supplier, that is a risk that that product could go um, into drug shortage. So why not start now trying to identify a second supplier source for that material? That would be part of your quality risk management plan as you look through your product portfolio. And then you can um, bring that to management and begin the process of doing that assessment and kind of remediating that gap. Um, and, and quality risk management plans are very um, comprehensive. They're uh, livable, breathable documents. There's a lot of activity around them. Um, and you can't, you can't just do it and let it sit. You have to do it and kind of con constantly work at it. And a lot of this, and if we do this right, if the industry does some of these things right and correct, um, what you'll find is when you come to post-approval changes, you want to make a change in your dossier, it's going to be a whole lot easier for you to get that through regulatory authorities on a global level 
because you've taken the time to look at your um, risk, uh, mitigate your risk, right? And, and have the quality culture in place that will help you to get your post-approval changes through the system much quicker than if you did not have all these things linked together. Absolutely. I think it'll be interesting to see how all of this unfolds, you know, in the coming year and, and moving forward into the next, you know, two or three years as well. Sue, thank you for taking the time to provide us with your insight. I really appreciate um, your effort this morning. To learn more on data integrity and quality culture, visit www.rcainc.com. You'll find scientific posters, white papers, and articles that we've published that discuss both data integrity as well as quality culture. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of RCA Radio. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when we upload a new episode. Thank you, everybody.